0: Welcome to the Velocity for Change podcast with your host, Adam Guthrow. That's me. Um, we're doing it back on to Fitness Excuses. And this week's episode is my favorite one ever. I'm so glad we get to talk about this. Oh my God. So, this is myths. Okay. Now, there's a lot of myths to go through. So, we're just going to pick a few and see what happens. We're going to start off with three. So, let's begin. Have you ever heard something so outlandish and said with such bravery that you had to consider the possibility of its authenticity? I've heard some crazy shit in my time. I think we need to go over some of the major myths about fitness and dive into how credible some of these things may or may not be. There are thousands of options and I'm salivating at the thought of what could potentially appear here, but let's just start with the ones that bring out undesirable emotions in me. Myth one, starvation mode okay so some of this shit's just gonna come off as rude uh there's nothing i can do about that it just sounds rude coming out of my mouth but it's comes from a place of uh wanting you to hit your goals okay so let's go hold on to your hats folks so here is the claim i hear all too often reducing your food intake will make your body go into starvation mode and create more fat instead of reducing it Now, this is a popular fat activist rhetoric that I find especially harmful to those who would be dieters looking to avoid diabetes. Now like most myths, it is rooted in somewhat I like to call off-truths, but it's way off-base. So let's look into exactly what starvation mode is. Okay, looking here. Starvation mode is when your body adjusts to no food being added to it. The body would much prefer to have a glucose as its main metabolic driver. However, when no food is available, it can break down pieces of itself and use ketone bodies instead. The process goes, glucose, fat stores, protein breakdown, and eventually breaking down its own organs. The body is not even technically in starvation mode until the fat stores are depleted, as these can sustain you, although not in perfect health, of course. However, it is true that metabolism responds accordingly with your intake adjustments, just not nearly close to the level you may be thinking of. The highest level of change may be 10% for someone who is not eating anything, zero, and much lower for someone who has just simply reduced intake. This would be around 150 to 250 calories per day if you ate nothing. This change is largely due to the lack of body mass to energize, which is important to note. As your weight gets lower and lower, your total calorie requirements will get lower as well. No kidding. Um... This isn't a starvation mode response, this is physics. It takes less power to drive a smaller meat mech. You can't have the same diet at 350 and 250 pounds, assuming it was a safe diet to begin with. Furthermore, note that for intensive purposes, no one who has starved to death has done so while overweight. It is not a thing. Let's bring this to the most extreme level you can. Have you ever heard of a man named Angus Barbieri? Barbieri? Angus Barbieri. Angus fasted for 382 days, going from 456 to 180 pounds in 382 days, beat that. During this fast, he consumed only water, electrolytes, vitamins, and zero calorie beverages such as tea and coffee. Towards the end, he said he also drank things like milk or soda. This is the most extreme example of starving your body, however you can see that he was able to achieve this feat without his body ever hitting starvation mode, so yeah. Just throw all just throw out all the ideas of starvation mode. If that's what's stopping you from hitting your goals. I don't know why this is propagated as good science. I feel like it this is one of the more about I feel like it's more about justifying one's inaction, which is kinda of fucking heartbreaking, to be honest. I mean sad. Don't use that one. It's it's dumb. Find a different one. Okay. Let's take a victory sip. Okay. Myth two, 98% or more of diets fail. That's the myth, all diets fail. By that metric, that all weight is regained and more is put on in the years to follow. This one deserves a round of applause for misleading statistics. As the saying goes, there are lies, there are damn lies, and then there are statistics. So is it true? Uh, Yes, absolutely. People who lose weight will often put it back on. However, the why that happens is the crucial part to this statement. If you are on a path of weight gain due to your eating habits and activity levels, and you go on a diet for a short period of time, and then return to your previous regime, what the fuck did you expect to happen? What the heck? That was supposed to be what the heck. Now, I know most people are reasonable, and when they come off a diet for whatever reason, they understand what they are doing to themselves and understand the consequences of returning to their previous routines. problem with this is a statistic is that that can prevent some people from even trying for fear of not lasting which is yeah it's a shame what a shame crabs in a bucket that's the best way you know the crabs in the bucket they never let anybody out they're always pulling them back into that fucking bucket this is something that is infuriating for me trying to convince someone not to hit a goal is the most shameless awful thing another human can do to you Look, there was already enough fear and anxiety and second guessing when starting any fitness journey. It's mentally tough. It's agonizing at sometimes. Listen to my story. It took me forever to wrap my head around it. Um, just know the most important part of the statistics is that those diets did indeed have success to quite a high scale actually. Otherwise they couldn't gain the weight back, right? Uh, let see. If those people had stuck to those diets, they would have continued to keep the weight off or lost more of it if that was their goal. I guess we should go into whether our diet is considered a temporary continuous change. Well, that depends on you and what your goals are. Trying to lose a lot of weight quick for a photoshoot or beach trip? Yes, that would be an extreme short-term diet. Of which you would probably mostly water weight loss and come back on pretty quickly. However, if your goal is to create and maintain a new body for yourself, well, you have to make forever changes to your routine. That's right, forever. Commitment is scary, I know, but that's the cost. The diet industry isn't the boogeyman for us. It's the programming we've received for so long that we're all pawns and we have no control over our lives. Maybe you grew up in a house where overeating was normal or mom bought seven bottles of soda every week because she wanted you to be happy. Or maybe you grew up poor and had to subsist on only rice and beans and now you struggle to get up to a healthy weight. Long lasting changes require long lasting routines. You can't land a big promotion at work and decide not to show up and expect to keep your job. Life does not work that way, next myth. Okay, so we made it all the way to myth three. And I don't remember what this is. We're, we're about to find out together. Okay, this is the last myth we're going to look at today because three is a magical number that can make all your dreams come true. This is a simple one. Not sure if it's really a myth, but it's a phrase I hear all the damn time. It goes a little something like, I like to lose weight, but I don't have time to work out. Whew. Yes, who hasn't heard that one before? Here's another phrase I want to say instead of that, and it goes, abs are made in the kitchen. Uh, A dash of this and a pinch of that, voila, abs. Six pack abs. I'm gonna estimate here, 90% of weight loss is done with diet alone. That last 10%, who cares? Who cares? If we were on a diet for three months long, losing one pound per week, that means we lost approximately 12 pounds. If we have exercised, we could have lost 13.2 pounds. Hardly a difference. I mean, when you say it like that, it's hardly a difference. And if you can lose one pound per week for three months, like you're kind of killing it. Honestly, here's the thing about exercise. You have to go as hard as fuck to burn calories and for extended periods of time. The calculators for calorie burners while jogging and running are all over the place. But even if you were to maintain a high rate of speed, you burn somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 to 450 calories per hour, maybe, maybe the estimations are high. Don't believe them. You know, you can't just believe what you want to believe. And I highly doubt any new runner would be able to maintain that kind of speed for that long, and certainly not every day. Would it help? Yes, it definitely helps. It's it's, it's a help. It helps. And if you have the time, you should use it wisely and do something to your benefit. Level yourself up a bit. But it's not anywhere remotely necessary, not even close. 20 ounce soda is one full workout worth of calories. You could either not drink the soda, or run, or do both if you're a fucking savage. Now, another thing to consider here is weight training. Once again, this is not necessary. However, it can be beneficial to increase your metabolic rate, meaning your body naturally will burn more calories per day. It takes more energy to keep a body running with muscles on it. Ask any bodybuilder or powerlifter how much they eat per day to maintain their body size. You're gonna hear anything in the neighborhood of 3,000 to 6,000 calories per day, with the best in the world eating between 10 and 12,000 calories per day. It's Pretty ridiculous you know those guys are it takes a lot to stay that big now you can't do that you don't have to be either of those things but think in smaller scale if you could naturally burn an extra 100 to 200 calories a day from strength training cool right it could be worth it for you especially if you're like me and you hate cardio although rowing is pretty legit honestly but once again none of this is even necessary so don't let that be your fitness excuse okay so that's it three we're just doing three Nice and easy and quick. So that is going to sum up this week's fitness excuses looking into miss. There are tons more out there, I know. If you want me to go into detail about any miss you've heard, reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Velocity for Change. Look for the logo or email me at aguthro91 at gmail.com or call my mom and have her get a hold of me. A main driver I want to get across from this episode is I don't. Don't let anyone stop you from achieving your goals, guys. Leave that negativity in the dust, and as always, maintain velocity. Under the bra- let's see. Whoops. So that's going to sum up this week's fitness execute Or email me at get across from, the, or just skip the line completely. Either way, yeah, just do that.